1: Wednesday morning, Thanksgiving Eve, and welcome to uh, another edition. I hope the edition of analyze this here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands, WTJ XFM With yours truly, Neville James. Glad to have you here, and we got the uh, um, big shot in the house uh, this morning. She, she, she tying up some loose ends on the celly. So as soon as she, as soon as she's done, morning, She'll put on her headphones and. I, I get. Uh,
2: you hear the directions
1: already. So, no, nah, we are good. We're good <laughs> nah, you can, you can, good
2: morning.
1: Uh, good morning. We got Commissioner Tita in the house, who's taking us young from the Department of Health to um, actually give us an update, but uh, more importantly, um, just uh, prepare us uh, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally for the holiday season. We still, uh, you know, hopefully on the back end of what has now been transitioned to an endemic and other things, other viruses and things of that nature that um, could create some negative impacts. So we're trying to avert that. How are you doing?
2: I'm well. How are you?
1: I'm good. Good to see you.
2: Uh, Good to be here. I haven't been inside for a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, glad to have you here uh, in person. Um, So how's the department?
2: We're doing good, thank God. We're looking at this um, time as a renewal time. So we've started looking at our strategic plan already, um, looking at what we can do differently this next four years, and really trying to pull the staff together. And one of the things with Department of Health, and I say this to staff a lot, we took care of so many people during the pandemic. And when you do that, even though you try to focus on how you could take care of your staff and yourself, you tend to forget yourself and your staff sometimes. Um, not that we didn't do things, but our focus was, let's look at the entire population and what we can do. So now we're looking at how we can rebuild and grow and heal from, from COVID as a pandemic and how we're living with it as an endemic. And like you know now, the flu season is rampant within the, the actually within the world all over. And RSV, something we'll talk about in a little bit, is something that's increasing hospitalization nationwide as well. So, it keeps us busy.
1: What, um, I'm sure to phrase this question correctly. What viruses are we looking at now that we may not have been looking at in the past?
2: Not Nothing. Everything that we're seeing now, we've seen in the past. So there's nothing new. What it is, is that over the last couple of years, we were all inside our homes, especially when we were sick, we were wearing our mask. Everyone had a hand sanitizer, close to them. And uh, sometimes people were wearing gloves outside and separating themselves. And now we, our immunity for these viruses decreased. Now our immunity, um, we now are being exposed to the viruses again. So the two main viruses, um, the flu viruses, influenza A and influenza B. We're seeing more influenza A now, um, and of course you're seeing the RSV. So mm.
1: break that down, Break that acronym down for those. So
2: it's listen. respiratory syncytial virus, mm-hmm. and it's been around for many, many years. I worked in a pediatric hospital when I lived in Cleveland, and some days we had a, a, our unit was thirty beds, and some days our beds were full mm-hmm. with RV only, and it's, it affects children with chronic conditions like cardiac conditions, asthma, um, diabetes, so does it affect adults with those same conditions, especially those 65 and older, um, and you have symptoms that, like a common cold, and it can last up to maybe two, a week or a little bit more, depending on, on your body, And then you actually have um, symptoms like wheezing. And that can, from RSV, can create asthmatic events in the future as well. So it's something that we we take seriously. We've only had one recorded admission in St. Croix and six recorded admissions in St. Thomas for RSV. Um, but in the mainland, hospitals are full, emergency rooms are full, and they're talking about how can they expand um, the pediatric services throughout the nation with the amount of RSV that we're seeing. Now, our geographical location has always been something that has been a plus. Uh, it's been a benefit, and sometimes it has been uh, caused us some issues because of our location. I would say because of where we are with the sun that we have, the sunshine, our sea, and that's one of the things that we have going positive for us. Um, you know that we've always spoken about, of course, the number of deaths we've seen with COVID-19. Annually, we see thousands of deaths with the flu virus and with RSV. So um, currently, um, they've been over 8,000 deaths. Um, with children, um, I think it's about 34 that we've seen. So. We are seeing a significant response to RSV as well as for the flu virus this year nationally. And I have the number of flu, but anything else on RSV that interests you?
1: No, i I trying to... How how you to pronounce the second word?
2: Sensational.
1: Sensational. Yeah, okay. it's
2: spelled S-Y-N-C-Y-T-I-A-N. Yeah, yeah, I watched it No,
1: I just want to really, you know, something like a dummy on the air, so... Since the cell, okay. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Okay. Yes. Since cell. We say and
2: really, they're, they're treated with...
1: A large uh, cell-like structure formed by joining mm-hmm. together of two or more cells.
2: Correct. and definition. And it, yeah. it it causes... It could either cause bronchiolitis, which is an infection of the smaller bronchioles, mm-hmm. the smaller tubes in the lung, versus bronchitis, which is the larger ones. and Or, or it actually can cause pneumonia as well. Mm-hmm. And like I said before, it can affect you if you have diabetes... Um, changes and anytime you're sick, actually, and you're diabetic, and you change a ha- change with your diet, or and, and your immune system is affected, your your um, pancreatic enzymes they're all affected when you get a virus or you get sick in any way. Mm-hmm. So when you're diabetic, you know that's that's a caution that you have to take.
1: Okay, it's, it's interesting. So looking at um, our recent um, COVID nineteen data and. Um, country running good as it relates to um, the positivity ratios and all that stuff. Um, we haven't had a, a uh, sample with a positivity rate uh, under 5% in a long time, so we're not going to wood for that. Um,
2: Over 5%, you mean? Huh? Over 5%?
1: Over five percent, correct. I was wrong with under five yeah. percent. But um it's been a while, so um we had one then, we had one day, excuse me. We had one day when we had zero 63, 63 to yeah. nothing. Yeah. Right. I got a <laughs> one, I got a <laughs> one. Yeah, I mean, just, uh, that was uh, that was a Friday number.
3: Yeah.
1: And we reported that uh, uh on Monday. That um,
2: that was exciting for us.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well kinda of small though. At at sixty three, but yeah. six, zero is still zero though. You zero, know, when still you look zero. when you're That's looking right. at um Ratios and all that stuff, so that's good.
2: Our, our, uh, our neighboring island, um, Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. one time I think it was two weeks ago, had a large amount, close to six hundred at one point in time, uh, and that was concerning. Six
1: hundred positives. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, well, they got a uh, they they got transient um, <clears throat> atmosphere down there. A lot of people get going to San Juan for one day and fly back to the mainland and all that stuff to conduct business, so that happens. Yep. Now, I'm looking at the mainland, and um, they've been steady at 8.5% positivity rate. Um, I saw it, it creep up uh, yesterday to 8.6%. Um, and the lag effect with what takes place on the mainland and how it impacts us here. We, we usually
2: about three months.
1: Three months? Mm-hmm. That long now? Yeah,
2: usually about three months, because it goes and-, and wouldn't, you, wouldn't
1: you truncate it a little bit in the, in the wintertime because people are, are traveling to come down here?
2: We've we've really never seen it come that quickly. Mm-hmm. So let's just hope that the trend remains.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but it also goes to Puerto Rico first and it comes to us. And like we just said, two weeks ago, we saw 600 cases in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, so we still, no matter what, we still give the guidance and we ask people to adhere. And I like it when I see, when I go into grocery stores and I see um, individuals who you know are immunocompromised just by the way they walk. Um, have mask on. yeah, man. Yeah. And the, the mask mandate is not is, is no longer here, but mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you, if you feel like you may catch, if you're, you know, if you're if you're outside a little bit more, and you know that you're immune compromised, there's nothing saying that you can't wear your mask. Protect yourself and protect the ones yeah, around no, you. No, no,
1: no, ain't got no ain't got a prohibition on that wearing right. a mask. You know what I mean? so, well, that's, that's right. So that, That's so. A, that's thing. A and you thing. know
2: the vaccines are still available, and
3: mm-hmm.
2: and the bivalent vaccine that's the newest vaccine, and that's available to to uh, everyone six and old oh, because it's been approved as well for the pediatric population. And that vaccine is a little different um, than the primary vaccine, and that is because covid nineteen has um, mutated so much that the vaccine that they have now is kind of like getting a new vaccine altogether. Mm-hmm. so it's called a booster, yes, but um, it's something that is a little different, so we encourage everyone to get it. I got it. I I didn't have a react, an ill reaction to it. Some people still get like flu-like symptoms, but all in all, we have not had any um, severe allergic reactions or um, negative reactions from from um, the vaccines.
1: So you mentioned the next four years. That means that you're, kind of, um, recognizing. Uh, a political victory for the administration a couple of weeks ago.
2: I think that that was truly uh, awesome. Uh, <laughs> I, think. Um, I And I say that because, and I've said this to you before and, and to the general public, um, Governor Bryan and Lieutenant Governor Roach has done an, an awesome job. Their leadership style is truly tremendous and link with others and the personality types are a little different, but they complement each other. Um, and so I think that that alone allows who we are as cabinet members to work as we're able to work. And um, we have a, a level of autonomy. We still, of course, um, we work um, in lieu of the governor, okay? And so we work on his behalf, and we always have to remember that. Um, but he also gives us a lot of autonomy to do what we need to do in our area. So I think it was a big victory, and I'm very happy.
1: Well, the reason why I brought that up was uh, yesterday... I had uh, read excerpts of a a Yale study Mm
3: -hmm.
1: with respect to politics and and COVID-19 and the vaccines. and um, Just reading this paragraph,
3: Mm
1: -hmm. um, this is a Republican Democrat thing. We don't really have that here in the territory to the extent that it exists in the mainland. They said the fates of Republicans and Democrats began to diverge markedly after the introduction of vaccines in April of 2021. Between March 2020 and March 2021, excess death rates for Republicans were 1.6 percentage points higher than for Democrats. After April 2021, and they use this as a, a that barometer um, <clears throat> because that's when vaccines became um, available to the public, the gap widened to 10.6 percentage points. In other words, um, We can't ignore how the influence of leaders in certain parts of the country, world, what have you, can impact what happens to the population, Mm -hmm. right?
2: We speak about social determinants of health,
1: Mm -hmm. but there
2: is a conversation coming up more and more these days, and that is the political determinants of health and how the politics impact what... The public health
3: entity is allowed to do
1: mm-hmm. based on the politics that's there. Okay, Mr. Deji, you could turn up her microphone a little bit because I, I don't really um, hear her. When I hear her, but I'd like to hear a little bit more uh, clearer. Now, um, so because of that, the reason why I asked that, what's the public education um, agenda going forward? Because we don't want the folks. The residents to let down their guard.
2: Right. So we still, with the governor's team, um, go on to the Monday briefings. And um, so that that will continue. Um, We have our chronic disease entity and our communicable diseases um, division always, they're always promoting vaccines. They're promoting safety in terms of that. I just spoke with someone yesterday. So I'll be doing an ad coming up soon for the season linked to the COVID-19, as well as the flu vaccine and how you could best protect yourself around the holiday season. And that's the first conversation you you started with. And so you remember um, two years ago, you saw, especially on Facebook and other social media, you saw pictures where family members made um, a sheet or a plastic so that the the grandchild could actually hug the grandparent. Mm -hmm. And that was touching because they couldn't touch each other. Because we didn't have the vaccine at that point in time, we do have the vaccine. Unfortunately, not everyone here within a territory has received the vaccine. So, so, so much like the flu. So we're in, we're encouraging individuals that that the, the vaccine itself can be the barrier. It doesn't say that you're not going to get COVID. It doesn't say you're not going to get the flu, but it says that your symptoms are going to be diminished if you do get COVID or if you do get the flu. Mm-hmm. So let's look at that sheet as the vaccine and how we can protect, continue to protect each other
1: um has natural immunity um aided us um in particular for those who may have contracted the virus i,
2: I would say tremendously especially you know when we had the omicron virus literally swipe well that's why uh, uh, that's, that, that's why that's
1: why i asked that question yeah. because um if the omicron virus was contagious but not as impacting mm-hmm. as the other strains, Delta and the original strain, and all that stuff, um, couldn't you just uh, just just a logical application? Yeah. If, if it weren't that, if it were contagious, but it weren't that devastating, then wouldn't it diminish the uh, the immunity, the the, the the natural immunity benefit? Mm-hmm. Because you know, uh, when the, when the vaccine came out, everybody was saying, well. Um, there were those who have the belief natural immunity is better than vaccines. Mm-hmm. And, you know, time will determine mm-hmm. that. But because it was contagious, but really were not impacting you, uh, why, why shouldn't I think, well, it really going to defend me down the road as it relates to the benefit of being exposed to it and the nat- and the benefits of natural immunity?
2: Some people were not impacted by it, but so many more people were impacted by it. Mm-hmm. We still had lots of death. During Omicron, mm-hmm. you know that, mm-hmm. um, and so I think that that when you don't know it, all the, all
1: the, the, the biggest spike was with Delta. Correct. Yeah.
2: But and we're speaking about Omicron, so um, when you when you feel it, you know it, mm-hmm. and many people felt it, and I just was I was speaking to someone a couple of days ago who said that he knew someone who had saw two of his family members die before he actually accepted vaccine, and. You know they could have been that, and they they themselves didn't were not vaccinated, so it's it's still something that can be prevented. And like we we go back to say yes, with Omicron we did have natural immunity as a result of that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard to say um, what could have happened if we hadn't gotten the vaccine and just gotten Omicron. Um, We don't know if the percentage of deaths would have been higher. It's hard to say.
1: Um. I think it's obvious that the vaccine is a is an asset, though. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm done um, fighting with people. People are gonna believe what they want to believe, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But um, the, the reality is, I just read it. You know, I, I just I just I just read it. There, uh, you know, uh, I I will stick to my to my um premise, you know. It, if getting vaccines were a requirement to go to school when I was a kid, then I'm not running for vaccines now as I am yeah. from 60. And I'm, I'm not doing it, you know. Um, and and the, 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 that's the importance of education uh, as we head to a break because um, people believe that there was this rush to create the vaccine. That wasn't the case. We actually had a lot of scientific data from previous outbreaks that allowed for the vaccine to be developed. Uh, more quickly, so we could. I, I'll let you uh, respond to that what when we know? come back. Okay. Uh, we got Commissioner Tita. Let's actually, they have vacation. They're okay, on good.
2: vacation. We'll be
1: back right after this. <laughs>
2: What does it mean to be a dad? The art of fatherhood is evolving as society and traditional family changes. With these positive parenting tips, dads can help their children build confidence and self-esteem, and in turn, learn how to be an engaged, supportive, and loving father to their children. Here are some parenting tips for dads.
4: Be your child's teacher. Be a good father, teach your children about right and wrong, and encourage them to do their best see that your children make good choices. Involved fathers use everyday examples to help children learn the basic
0: lessons of that.
2: For more information, contact the VI Access and Visitation Program, Department of Justice, Paternity and Child Support Division in St. Thomas at 340-775-3070, or in St. Croix at 340-778-5958, or email us at viaccess
4: at vi.gov. Happy Thanksgiving in memory of Gordon Grant. The Forum, a nonprofit organization since 1996, is proud to present the Alex Sop Trio, featuring Virgin Islanders Alexandra Sop, Carlton Holmes, and Victor Provost, who have been hailed by the New York Times as exquisite and beautifully nuanced. The trio will present a variation of contemporary pieces, including works from local composer Bill Lomota, on Saturday, December 3rd at 8 p.m. At the prior Jolek Hall on Antilles campus. A kids' concert starts at 5 and the courtyard opens at 6 with live music from the Antilles School student-led gig band and the UVI Steel Pan Ensemble, as well as small meals and beverages by Amalia Cafe. More information is available at the forum USVI.org 646-725-3353 and the forum USVI at gmail.com.
1: We're back here. Analyze this. Department of Health um, joining us. Uh, to let us give us some some guidance as we head into the holiday season, which is in effect uh, right now. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving, one which everyone a happy Thanksgiving, and in particular all the good people at your your agency. Thank you, and
2: happy, happy Thanksgiving to you and
1: everyone in the listen audience. Without a doubt. So, you want to respond to um, the immunity thing and how we uh, go about continuing to educate the public to get them to uh, appreciate uh, the benefits of education and history and experience.
3: Uh,
2: like I was saying before, I am—I will be on, on um, doing some ads coming up soon, um, having to do with, you know, having to do with, well, the first lady and I are gonna be doing something together as well. And so that I am looking forward to that. So basically it's talking about um, the flu season, talking about COVID still being present, and encouraging individuals to really get the vaccine. But also, you want to encourage people, on the other hand, to be with friends and families. Because for two years, you couldn't be. But while you're around them, if you're sick, you know, you need to separate yourself, right? If you're there, if you see, if you know, if you see that someone is there to, who is immunocompromised, a little younger or a little older, wash your hands more carefully. Um, you know, if you're coughing, cover your mouth but with your arm, not your hand. Because then you have to wash your hands, you know. So really, it's the same thought process that we repeat over and over again. But I think reminders are good. So and remind each other. And word of mouth goes a long way. Peer pressure goes a long way. So encourage the ones around you who haven't gotten the vaccine to get the vaccine. As as well as as you know, help them if you know that they're sick. Encourage them to stay home and stay away from others so they in turn don't get sick. Remember, it's not just the flu that's out there it's rsv is is covid-19 so we're dealing with a lot right now and so um the time for celebrating being together being happy is is here but let's make it work and let's make it work for the right way
1: um the going into the to the communities um that we know are even more vulnerable than than others how, how do we how do we get get to where we feel comfortable that um, we've done that, and and uh, and brought brought the the science to them, even if they are reluctant to go get the science.
2: Well, we put the the boots on the ground initiative came out very early, and I think that was one of the most the fun time that we had. We know we were we were we were afraid. We were wearing our masks. We you we know we knew that the risk was there. Um, let me just take the word afraid back because we went in there, you know, so strong and we went into those communities and we did a lot of education. We spoke to people from the balcony to the ground. And, and so we plan to continue that. And I have to tell you, one of the things that we're doing now, um, we did receive a grant, a disparities grant. And as a result of that grant, we're opening an office of health equity. And it it speaks to what you just asked. Those are in, in um, areas or, um, that need a little bit more education. Um, but we need to know what is it that they need. So in order to do that, we are not going back. You know how we, sometimes you have to go backwards to go forwards?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, so we're going backwards. And this is actually something that's nationwide as well. Community health workers are coming back. That means that we're pulling people outside of the communities in which they live. So the territory is pretty small and we call ourselves one community. But you know, you have your little separate communities within the community. And so the goal is to pull individuals from those communities. And let's take like Machu for, uh, for um, one one um, example. Um, there's a Latino population there. Um, we always speak of how do we increase knowledge within the Latino population. And it is by working with those um, Latinos, me being one of them, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't speak Spanish. But mm-hmm. at the same time,
3: mm-hmm.
2: pulling individuals. And we are working with someone who has a nonprofit, And the plan is to make sure that he has the, the funding available. There are other nonprofits profits that, that the disparity grant is able to provide money to so that they can work for us as well and for themselves. And so we're doing those kind of things. So um, look out for um, word going out that we're hiring individuals from specific populations or specific groups of individuals within a territory, not just on St. Croix, but St. Thomas, St. John, and Water Island, so that you can come back to us and say, you know what, this is what the people is actually saying, this is what we need, and this is how they think we should get it. So we need to listen.
1: What was going on on St. Croix? Why, why, why was it for like a, a three, four-month period we had a significantly higher amount of positives on St. Croix than on St. Thomas and St. John.
2: Well, the premise was on St. Thomas and St. John, everybody's so much closer. So Omicron actually hit St. Thomas and St. John mm-hmm. before it hit us. Yeah. St. John we know that the the immunity level was higher because their vaccination rate was a lot higher in St. Mm-hmm. John. St. Thomas not as much not as high as St. John, but everybody was so close. So everyone just got Omicron mm-hmm. virus. Like at the same time and that's where then n- it was over
1: the, Im- the natural immunity correct
2: st croix we are a little bit more spaced out mm-hmm. we're still not going into areas too much together so school now opens right and that's what i've closed
1: july august that's september right. october mm-hmm. there was a significant higher uh, ratio of positives on st croix than on st thomas right.
2: and then it lingered yeah. It lingered and it's because and the premise is that because we spread out a little bit more and our immunity also was mm-hmm. lower.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We had we maintained the lowest immunity throughout the territory in St. Croix. So you know you go back to say, Okay, well, what's the benefit of the vaccine? Look at the immunity levels, look at the number of, of cases that we've had mm-hmm. over the time.
1: <laughs> I just sent a text message to um to the medical director. <laughs> Thai. She's on vacation, too. Yeah, I just, yo, yo, she got me laughing. I tell her, you know, uh, normally I tell her i miss it out here because normally she would not join you, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And she says she's paying me back. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was away for a couple of weeks, you know what I mean? So, yeah.
2: I actually have to tell you that I was just saying to um, the Assistant Commissioner Ruben Malloy yesterday, I said, you know, Dr. Hunt, Caesar is one of the best people to work with. She is, first of all, she comes with a tremendous amount of knowledge and willing to share her knowledge and willing to help. Last week, I needed some help in the MCH area, and she actually sat and, and registered patients. She sat there, she spoke with the nurses, she spoke with the staff. Um, you won't see many, very many medical directors doing something like that. So, I mean, um, I'm happy that she is on vacation and relaxing. Every so often, we kind of forget she's on vacation and call her, but she always answers the phone or respond in some way.
1: No, this, this is us. I just let her know that I, I don't have a problem. I actually love payback. Uh, the, 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 no need to get mad. Get even. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just, I just uh, uh, told told so her she's, that
2: she's even right
1: now. Yeah. Well, that's what she believes, <laughs> <laughs> So I'll, I'll do what I have to do to, to continue to have the edge there. Uh, mm-hmm. Where does so Let's talk mental health a little bit. Yes. Um It's been a issue that um, has been ignored, talked about on a cursory level. We haven't really gotten as detailed as we should. Um, At what point are we going to make that real commitment from an infrastructure standpoint Um, back in the middle part of the previous decade, myself? Well, it was mostly um, Senator O'Reilly, Senator VLA, and Judge Harold Willacks had brainstormed together to identify um, buildings that we could invest in, um, restructure, I mean, excuse me, redevelop, um, even construct And all that stuff. um, How much longer um, do we get lip service um, until we get actual infrastructure service?
2: So the politics begin.
1: Uh
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I had to go there. I'm trying to get away
1: from it. You know what I mean? You know, but and I got a radio talk show host, and politics is. (laughs) I got a radio talk show host gig, and politics Uh is is what it is. But I appreciate that. Okay, I
2: appreciate that. Yeah. Um, let me just talk about the infrastructure. So we did get um, $3 million, a little bit more, because we utilized some of the funding to do some other stuff, like we got the mobile vans for the three islands.
1: I apologize. Novel Francis was a critical part of that as well. Yes, he I, was. I, yeah, he actually so, so, was. So I, I, sorry about that, Mr. President. Uh, please forgive me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: And I was actually going to go with, um, speak about him as well. Mm-hmm. Now, the land, the 9.8 acres of land um, in Anna's Hope, is what we were focusing on on, um, uh, infrastructure for St. Croix, but not just for St. Croix, for the territory, because it would be one that we can have wraparound services, daycare services, as well as transition care, which we really need because the hospital needs that as well. We need to relieve the acute care um, areas within the hospital. So they are admitted in the hospital, they are seen for acute, but they need therapy as well they don't not have right now st thomas has uh inpatient services st croix only has emergency room type services and when they shift over which we're praying that it's really soon over into the jfl north there is a little bit more Mm. security and um, area where psychiatric services can be delivered in a more longer range um, perspective but still transition within that acute care phase we need to then behavioral health um, in department of health needed to' take over in terms of the transition how do we get them transition from acute not to be long term but transition therapy wise into the workforce into home once again and that's where the wraparound services come in so um spoke with yesterday we did obviously have some strategic planning not because we're we're coming on the radio but we were we were um we have a um, homework that we're doing basically and we spoke about um, looking at funding from VI Finance Authority, and we know that we can begin applying. So what the goal is, is to, con- to start the application now. Um, the application, I think, it's, it's not due until like the second um, quarter. And so we're now starting to start the application to see exactly when it's due. We can just turn it in because we've done the work. That's one thing. Um, the other thing is uh, going to what we were just talking about, the Behavioral Health Bill. Mm-hmm. So the Behavioral Health Bill passed um, the committee, and um, we're going to be invited back pretty soon, I hope, so that it can actually be solidified and, or um, give me the terminology in the legislature um, fully passed. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're yeah. looking forward to that. And in that bill itself says that a certain percentage um, of funds go towards facilities for behavioral health. Mm-hmm. And that is, it's great. Of course, you know, that is gonna trickle down. We're looking at a bill that is at least $30 million to bill. So we know we need funding.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so I guess that part of it is, is trying to figure out how we can um, request, not just, but maybe f- uh, philanthropic, you know, go out there, start to campaign, figure out what we need to do. Um, but at the same time, there are some other options. And um, I don't want to, to speak it right now because we... But but there are areas within the territory that we can utilize temporarily. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking about how we can utilize those areas temporarily. Understanding that you can't open... You say that you identify a space and open tomorrow. Behavioral health calls for specific... Handles on a door, for example, or you have to make sure the bathroom is in a different way. You can't have hanging things that you can hang yourself with, so you have to be very cautious. So, of course, there's going to be some retrofitting is going to take place, but more than anything else, is adequate staffing. So, do we outsource Mm -hmm. to a company that has staffing that comes down and begins that process for us? Do we try to hire individuals? So, those questions all come up. So it's not going to happen today for today, um, but it's a plan that we are seriously thinking about. The new behavioral health bill um, brings um, a lot of the departments together to work together because behavioral health isn't just a Department of Health issue. It starts younger. And so we're also looking at um, identifying adverse childhood events or ACE in schools. And so um, it's, it's mandating that those assessments are done in the pediatric offices. It's not an ACE assessment at that age, but there's some um, psychomotor skills mm-hmm. as well as as behavioral issues that are that are brought up in the mm-hmm. pediatric on an annual basis. This check I think it starts from 18 months, and um, and then of course in school, you have to look to see what's what the changes are. So it's educating the, the teachers and social work and and the counselors. Uh, that are around these children, so they can begin to identify what's different. They don't have to diagnose.
1: No, no. Um, Trying to think back here,
3: mm-hmm.
1: we 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 passed some legislation six years ago. Mm-hmm. I think we actually worked with the administration at the time, the the, the Mapad administration. We identified some PFA monies. We reprogrammed some monies. Um. That was actually same three senators: Senator Francis, Senator um, VLA, Senator O'Reilly, Senator Graham. At the time, he was chairman of the, um, the Finance Committee, and we had worked with their with the administration. One of my frustrations, and you know, I I enjoy um, defending the legislature. You know, that's that's just my thing. Um, I don't really like you guys, and and and, 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 the, and the executive <laughs> executive branch side. Now I'll, ju- I'll just tease it, uh, but but we pass bills, we appropriate monies, and things just don't move as expeditiously as we need them to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how how do how do we get agencies like yourself to apply the whip to let them know? Look, um, the legislature has done their part. Now we gotta deliver.
2: Uh, to me, a couple different things. We have an attorney right now. Makish um, taylor jones who I think is exceptional she 's young mm-hmm. um, but she 's eager and she 's very um, assertive and so one of the things that one of the, the challenges i 've given to her is start to look at all the bills uh, that has been appropriated for us mm-hmm. and figure out where we are and what our responsibilities are for each of those bills I think that 's one of the biggest things that we can do, and so that is one of her her charge, and she 's actually taken that on. Willingly, and that's a good thing. And then we can start to, to look at that. The, the second thing is um, really putting it into your strategic plan. Every division, every department should have a plan in place. And those things should be part of your, your plan. Um, let me just say for going back to the infrastructure stuff from from looking at Anna's Hope. When we when we looked at Anna's Hope, we really tried to say if we could retrofit this the building on Anna's Hope. When mm-hmm. the engineers actually went in there, they, they realized it was not salvageable. yeah, so we requested to shift the funding from retrofit from from um, retrofitting it or re- rehabbing that area to actually putting it towards our and uh, to A&E for um how we're going to actually look at the building. And so we were given permission to do that.
1: let, so let, let, let me let me show you what we're talking about okay. talk about the, the Senate approved a bill appropriating five million in federal, we took federal alcohol excess, excise tax funds mm-hmm. for air conditioning at Wang Louie, right? And asking for money to meet the terms of the US Center of Medicare and Medicaid, preventing JFL from being decertified.
3: Mm-hmm. And then
1: senators approve a separate appropriation of a million dollars, bringing the total to JFL for air conditioning work. These are the type of things that, you know, we, we, we try to um, address mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, to help healthcare and, and public health and all that. So when we come back, um, we'll, we'll let you respond to that uh, even more And talk about CMS and how uh, That works with your agency and Wang Louis. We'll be back right after this, Commissioner Tita in the house Stick and stay
0: Banking for your business that time of the year when it's nice to connect with each other. WTJX has been here for you all year round, but we need your support. Show your gratitude for WTJX and give today by calling 844-737-9842 or by heading to wtjx.org forward slash donate. Thank you from WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands.
4: I'm Deepa Fernandez from Public Radio's midday news magazine, Here and Now. We'll bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up, plus conversations with authors and artists, stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So please join us for Public Radio's midday news magazine, Here and Now.
0: Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1.
1: And we're back here and analyze this, and um, we've got um, the Dep- Department of Health uh, joining us. Um, the boss, Commissioner Tita Encarnacion for Estes Saint Peters.
2: That's right. Good morning, everybody.
1: Of the people, we Vila, Ita kraso for we since school. So, um, you know, I was just, uh, you know, referencing, you know, the things that we did uh, on the on the legislative side. Um... I mentioned, I, I, in reading this article, we had also approved some money for C-View, which you said now is a human services.
2: It's, it's under human services,
1: yeah, but we, there's no one we, in C-View right yeah, now. We own it. We, the government owns it.
2: The government does own it. Yeah, yeah. okay.
1: And um, C-View, uh, they are actually were decertified by C- Centers for Medicare and Medicare Services. That's CMS?
2: CMS, and that was several years ago. Yeah, this that is was this like this like a, this a 16 night, article. This is a 16, yeah. yeah this is mm-hmm. a 16
1: article. But it shows that the legislature... Right. And so I'm gonna take a shot at all you people out there, right? Who keep knocking, you know, that great branch of government. Right? The legislature has stepped up time and time again to the best of to the best of its abilities to try to be a part of the solution. And Commission, we're real good as a people in talking and identify identifying and talking about problems. But a lot of people really don't have the ability to to address the solution. That's why we encourage our young people to go get educated and get the training that allows for you to be solution oriented. Yeah, I, I,
2: but I need to I need to say
1: something too. Um, By the way, your, your your girlfriend on the phone. Who's that, Marie? Esther Ellis. Oh,
2: Esther is on the yeah, phone. Yeah, so, Hi, so, good. So, so, so,
1: welcome her. Right. <laughs> welcome <around. Well>, her. <laughs> I'll yield to you. Welcome
2: her. Yeah. Hi, S. How are you?
5: Hi, good, good. Good morning.
2: How are you? Good. I'm hoping you're enjoying your time off. She's Thanks. back. <laughs> um, I'm actually, uh,
5: um, I actually am working today um, okay. so some of the other team members needed today off. So I am um, here and uh, happy to be uh, be working.
2: <laughs> good. I'm happy that you're joining us because you know... Um, Senator James, because he has completely put his senatorial hat back on this morning. I got it on. Literally, got the hat on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I uh I, I, we were talking about the the ability for everybody to conjunctively work to that positive end. Of course, you know, positive. We gotta stay away from that word uh, mm-hmm. where where um COVID is concerned, but um. Working together was actually um, necessary for your agency more than any other agency early on, actually before we even had a positive here in the territory, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what, what's, it, what's it like knowing that everybody's on the same page, Dr. Ellis, so that, uh, you know, um, we're, we don't have everybody just running all over the place and, and going helter-skelter?
5: Um, I, you mean, you mean from when we had COVID or
1: just just in general, just in general in in terms of why it's important that everybody's on the same page and knows, you know, where we want to end up because we all want to end up the same place, not all over the place.
5: Oh yeah, for sure. It's incredibly important that we are a cohesive team and we all work together and there's so many on the team that really specialize in particular things. And so leaning on those that, are you know what you might call an SME or subject matter expert in a particular area, um, and and working together to provide the best opportunity for us to be healthy is really what what we all do and work, work so hard to do together.
1: No, no commission. Typically, um, finance, public works, education; those are the, the high profile agencies. You clearly were the the number one, the highest profile uh, agency head in the in the first four years of this administration. Obviously, COVID nineteen uh, created that. Um, what was that like? Um, going from a virtual nobody to to being the person overnight.
2: Well, I at have your to, agency. Yeah, I have to tell you that that public health deserves it. for we 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 always speak about what happened when we were children. You too. <laughs> You know, you always, see, you always saw the nurse come to school. You always, always saw, saw someone in the community talking about preventive care. Mm-hmm. And so and we sp- I speak to the Association of States and Territory Health Officials quite often. We met up to yesterday. And I'm also on the board um, of directors for, for ASTO, But we, we talk about the fact that public health needed, to, needed this. Um, and
1: right, I, I like that. I yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, we needed yeah, to, yeah. to
2: be uplifted, and we needed to be recognized. Even though you talk about the political social determin- the political determinants of health, mm-hmm. a lot of the the individuals in politics try to very hard to decrease the level of autonomy public health was given. What can we do? What should we not do? Um, and that was based on finance who has the most money and who's telling you what they want to see done. Mm-hmm. That's political determinants of health. So but we had to stay strong and like Esther is saying, we had to come together. So it's not just health coming together, but I have to tell you that one of the ways that we reasons we were successful was because early collaboration with a lot of the agencies and other entities um like the Coast Guard mm-hmm. and Vipa and uh, and um PMP for contracts and uh, one of our biggest supporters, I always say this was was um, was Commissioner Bushelty, and you wouldn't think that way because he wanted people to come in the territory and he wanted the finance to be increased. But he and his assistant commissioner were there with us in, at four o'clock in the morning when we needed them, mm-hmm. and so we couldn't do it by ourselves. Um, Daryl Jashin, like I always said, he was the first person I I called. Daryl, you know what? What is it that we need to do? Who do we bring to the table? And the borders really and truly was the answer. Everybody who was responsible for bringing people within a territory had to be at the table mm-hmm. so they could understand from the beginning. This is what your charge will be. This is what the responsibilities as you have to be able to protect us, protect ourselves and others. That's basically so.
1: Dr. Ellis, as an epidemiologist, what, um, from your vantage point, um, what's the priority for us uh, in the territory as it relates to public health?
5: Well, well from an epic standpoint, um, my, one of my priorities is always um, prevention. So whatever we can do to prevent illness, um, we do it. And a lot of that is behind the scenes, and um, you don't see it. Um, but when you don't see the increase in, in disease and uh, you don't see the cases, it's because we are working very hard to prevent um, cases. And an example of that really is is monkeypox um we have had zero cases of monkeypox in the territory which is incredible so a huge thank you to the clinic um to dr Hunt caesar to everybody who's been working really hard to vaccinate individuals who might be at risk to test people who have symptoms um and so far we have had zero cases which is incredible and it looks like um, in the states they're on the other side of the outbreak so if you look at an epicurve there's a peak when there's, you know, the most amount of cases, it goes up high, kind of like a mountain, and then it comes back down and it's really at the bottom of the mountain when you look at the epi curve in the states and it looks like they're on the other side of of the outbreak, which could mean that we will continue to have zero cases, which is a huge uh, success.
2: And we also have to commend Jason Henry um, of communical Disease and his team. Um, They they, um, facilitate the meetings on monkeypox as well. And one of the things that Jason was able to do is, is have Columbia University give us a lecture and we open up to the all staff. Mm-hmm. And we had over 200 individuals on, on teams listening to monkeypox and exposure and how it, how it presents itself and how we need to actually look at it and not stigmatize monkeypox. And um, I think that the, the, our staff learned a lot just listening to that. And of course, education continues surrounding that.
1: A question from one of my listeners: As the commissioner of health, you have some responsibility in improving healthcare on Saint Croix. How, as a board member, are you cracking the whip to get the JFL North open for the people of Saint Croix?
2: I could really say that um, I, I always try to support anything health wise, but I also support as a Krusian. Mm-hmm. I was born, raised, parents born, raised here, and I could go back. Um, so this is this is my island. Um I think territorially um and I think that's also good, but I think we also need to focus on where we live.
1: Well I've I've made that change too. You, know, you know me I was yes. I was in all the time, and yes. now you know as I've a i, I as of age it, it's more of a, a virgin island Correct. mentality. But yeah. Wang I mean, Hospital come on, man. Yeah right. man. Yeah, that's all you us, know, was, you know what I mean? Right. And yeah. so
2: um I make sure that uh, we had a board meeting. We, you and I were just talking about that, a board meeting, a territory retreat. It wasn't a board meeting. Let me take that back. Mm-hmm. A territory retreat uh, a couple of weekends ago. And in that retreat, um, I actually made a statement. Um, I think I can feel free to to say this, that it's important for us to really focus, knowing that a lot of the decision made about JFL North were made prior to us coming into office.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And we need to figure out how we fix it and support it and not fight it because we need to open up the hospital. So I'm a big supporter of, of getting the JFL North as soon as possible.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Ellis, you mentioned prevention, which requires resources. Um, do we still have that line okay. of communication with the federal government um, to provide us with... Um, not only funding, but in some instances, um, human intellect, um, if, whether it be on loan or what have you, to help us out here because we are isolated. That's just the reality of the Virgin Islands being detached from the from the mainland.
5: Uh, yes, absolutely. We um, we stay really close with the federal government. We advocate always for resources. Um, that's one of the reasons why we do have plenty of monkeypox vaccine, um, since we were just talking about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, plenty of COVID vaccine. We have the new bivalent COVID vaccine. Uh, it's all free. Um, and so it's, it's really important that we stay close with our partners and advocate for resources so that uh, we have what we need here, especially because we're isolated, as you said.
2: No, you have to remember that 36% about the give or take a little bit um, We are funded thirty six percent federally, and uh, we are also um, we have deliverables for them, and they had deliverables for us. I always say that we work for um, the we get the funding, but they actually work with us and for us as well. So it's a it's a good collaboration that we have. But um, one of the things that they do on an annual basis is identify individuals from, for example, CDC that can go into the different public health arenas to work and learn and to share, edu- to, to share what they have as well. So I know that, Esther, you have some people working with you. Um, our newest grant, the grant, disparities Grant, have someone working with them as well. So it gives support and it gives some, some um, experiences from the mainland as well. So we do that quite often.
1: That, that's, that, that's awesome. So quickly, in the last uh, three minutes, what are we telling the public heading into the holiday season when everybody can, you know, come in together, family flying in from the mainland um tourists want to be here and all that stuff Esther want to go first
5: yeah, yeah, I do have to say um you know I was on leave on uh, annual leave on Monday and Tuesday I have family visiting and um I feel so blessed to have them here really thankful um but if you are flying I do definitely recommend you wear a mask it's your choice but that is a lot of exposure on the airplane. Um, they, my family did wear a mask while traveling to ensure they weren't um, coming into contact with someone at the airport in close quarters and potentially you know, bringing diseases to where they're going uh, or vice versa. So wearing a mask when you're in a crowded situation is, is very important, um, especially inside. Uh, washing hands um, and uh, really it's, it's called respiratory hygiene so coughing into your shoulder or um, okay. into a um, you know not into your hands and then <laughs> not washing your hands so just really being as hygienic as possible staying home if you're sick um, and enjoy being with family because um, I just uh, I just think Thanksgiving is such a wonderful holiday and there's so many things to be thankful for um, so that's yeah, that's it for me. Thank
2: you. Thank you, Esther. That was wonderful. Um, really, not much more to say other than really take care of yourselves, take care of your loved ones, and enjoy the Thanksgiving. Um, enjoy being able to be together and do the things as as, as um, Dr. Ellis indicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, we're we're heading on up to Pearl by St. Peter's by Pearl like you said, mm-hmm. Terry Cookin. I do a little thing here and there, but she does the cooking, <laughs> and and so we'll all be terri, up there. Go to the pot? Yeah, she she is, and Liz, Liz, Liz does a lot too. Yeah, okay. Nice. So you know we'll we'll be up there as a family, and and all the nieces, nephews, and grandchildren will all, will all be around. So we're we we need to. It's just I'm I'm not just speaking to you out there, but all of us need to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So please be out there, love each other, love each other. Also is also meaning that you will be washing your hands taking your taking it seriously and having a really blessed Thanksgiving
1: you know when I uh, when we first started the show and um, your agency both of you actually both of you um, came on day two and um, actually I was just finding my way here you know trying to figure out how you know to put something uniform in place uh, um, as a host of, a, of a, uh, the first uh, talk show here on, on NPR. And I never worked on a, a station like this because normally you work on a commercial station. But, mm-hmm. you know, because it's it's NPR uh, and they are so, um, I would say, high level in terms of getting information out. They kind of forced me to,
3: mm-hmm. you know,
1: to raise my game. So up to this very day, the same things that I did back then, you know, with a COVID-19 update and all that stuff. At some point, I want to transition to something else um, because we're not just dealing with COVID now, like you mentioned, you know. Um, RS... RSV RSV, RSV mm-hmm. and things of that nature but I want to thank both of you um, for that that's day two you know coming on and and you're actually telling us uh, when we saw the numbers we anticipated um, more numbers in, in St. Saint, in Saint Thomas than St. Croix because of population density things like that yeah. which actually you know funnel right into what we do here you know because we have a, a high a high uh, <coughs> desire a high desire for, uh, for data and all that stuff and I think you know if we could get more of the public to buy into um, numbers and appreciate the numbers, because well, that's what allows for you to function. I was just going to say,
2: you can make a change if you don't know what you're looking at, yeah, and man. that's where the numbers come yeah, in.
1: Yeah, we appreciate that. So thanks for being here today. Happy uh, Thanksgiving.
2: My pleasure. Happy Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, Thank you, uh, Dr. Ellis. I know you hung up there because you got work to do. Thank <laughs> you for, uh, for being there. And Dr. Hunt Caesar. Love for you as well, man. Don't be threatening me, you know what I'm saying? All that stuff, because it'll pay back. It's going to happen. Love you know that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a break. i will be back. Doc School going to be joining us for hour number two on Thanksgiving
0: Eve. Be back right after this. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters.
5: Hey, it's Michaeline Duclef, Global Health Correspondent at NPR. Researchers believe that positive emotions can build like muscle. You can practice joy to experience more joy. It can be as simple as saying thank you to a loved one or the public radio station you rely on every day. Support the journalism you love. Give today.
0: At WTJX.org. And thank you from WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands.